scripture is Hebrews 12, 28 through 29, and I just realized I made a big typo on the screen. So anyway, <laughs> I like to point out my mistakes. So I'll turn, turn that off so it won't be a distraction. <laughs> a reason to be thankful is what it should have said. A reason to be thankful. Turn with me, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 12, beginning at verse 28. This Thanksgiving season, we think about all the things that um, we're thankful for. And I can't think of anything to be more thankful about than God's salvation that He provides for us through the Son, Jesus Christ. I want to read these two verses to you. And it says this, Therefore let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Let's pray. Lord, we just ask, God, that you would add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of your word. Father, let it go forth and not return void. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. We live in a time of turbulence. Uh, and and it's, it's, it's been true in about every age, but it seems like a lot more within the past uh, two years, things have sort of piled on. You watch the news at night, we see wars everywhere. Now there's war in, um, in, in Europe, in, in Eastern Europe, between Russia and Ukraine. And um, there were some fears this week that it would spill over into another country. Um, thankfully, we um, quelled that um, real quick. <laughs> um, but we need to be praying for that situation in, in, in Eastern Europe. But, but we watch the news every night, we see the, this destruction and, and turmoil that's happening. Uh, the last two years, we, we, we've seen violence in every major city out there. And, uh, and, and things just piled on and piled on. We, we, we saw people um, being locked down in our homes all across the, the, the world because of the pandemic. Uh, some, some restrictions were tighter than others. Uh, and and some, some were not, but, but it, it was a turbulent time. People were working from home or couldn't go to work. Um, you know, China is still doing lockdowns. I don't know if you've noticed. Um, they, they had, some, they had a, 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 a positive COVID test going into the Disneyland Park there in Shanghai. They shut the whole park down, and nobody has been allowed to leave. It's, it's, it's been very crazy, very turbulent. And, and, and even just in our personal lives, you, uh, bring it on down to, to you and me and, and what we have experienced. Um, not being able to go places that we wanted to, not, not getting together to enjoy certain things. And, and, and even worse than that, the sickness and, and, and the lives that have been taken um, because of this uh, COVID-19 pandemic and because of various wars going on around the world. Um, I've, I've been getting reports of our mission work in Southeast Asia, and there's there, there's, there's violence and war going on right now, and our EMC churches there are caught in the middle of it. We need to be praying for our churches over there. But, but, but the world has become a, a, a increasingly a turbulent place in these last few years, and hopefully maybe um, we're, we're seeing the end of that um, for a while. But that still doesn't mean that we are always going to have stability in this life. We're not guaranteed any promises, are we? 
not even God promises us a rose garden in this life. But what he does promise us is that there is an unshakable kingdom that we have in him. There is an unshakable, something that cannot be removed, something that cannot be destroyed, something that cannot even, um, the things of this world, the turbulence cannot shake it, cannot touch it. And, and that, that's what he's offering us. And that's something that we can be thankful for. There's not a whole lot to be thankful for sometimes when we look at, at, at the way the world is going today. But we can be thankful, if nothing else, for an unshakable kingdom that God has given us. The author of Hebrews here is telling us about the future kingdom of God, which will come and, and uh, destroy wickedness and establish God's righteousness on the earth. And that, and that we as believers, and this is the whole theme of the book of Hebrews, need to continue to hold on to God and, and, and make it into that kingdom that is unshakable. That, that, this kingdom that's coming in the future. And, and the writer of Hebrews tells us that this is um, the promise of Christ. Um, what Christ did for us in coming into the world is what uh, brings us into the, this glorious kingdom. And, and he came into this world to be our great high priest, uh, the book of Hebrews tells us, in order to atone for, for the sins and, and the evils of mankind, but not only to atone for them, but also to purge them from, from our conscience, consciences, to, to, to cleanse us within and, and, to, and to transform us into his um, glorious image. Jesus Christ um, did all that for us in, in the cross. And as we prepare to go into the Christmas season, we, we need to remember that Jesus was born to die. He came into this world to die. Now that's a terrible prospect to think about. No, no, knowing that, that your mission was to come, take on human flesh, dwell among us, um, to, to come to a, a young woman, a virgin, to be born in that way. And, and at a certain age, I think uh, Jesus came to understand that the reason he was here was simply to die. And, and it's not just what God wanted, it's, what, it's also what he wanted. He, he knew this. He knew that, that this would be his mission, to come to take on human flesh. How, how can you kill the eternal Son of God? The only way you can do it it's for Him to take on human flesh and dwell among us. That's the only way to do it. And that's what Jesus did. He was born to die. The road from Bethlehem led straight to Calvary. And, and why did He do that? So that you and I would have and receive the unshakable kingdom of God. And how is it? How, how, do we, how, how is this unshakable kingdom? What does it look like? Well, here and also in Hebrews 12, um, we're given a little bit of picture of what it is. Uh, uh, the writer of Hebrews tells them, tells believers, you have not come to uh, Mount Sinai. And what happened at Mount Sinai? This is the image here. Mount Sinai is, is the uh, mountain in, um, in, in, in the uh, wilderness that, that the people came through when, when they, when they um, came out of Egypt. They go into the Sinai Peninsula, they call it, and come to Mount Sinai. 
And that's where Moses received the Ten Commandments. He received the, co the first covenant from God. And what happened was, um, God told them that you cannot approach this mountain. No, nothing unholy can touch this mountain. No person, no animal, no, no, nothing can touch this mountain save my servant Moses. And there was this ring of, of separation around Mount Sinai. And what happened was that there was a pillar of fire. It looked like it was billowing from the top of this mountain, almost like a volcano. But instead of this, this fire going up from the, spewing up from the, the volcano, it was coming down from heaven to rest on, on top of that mountain. Fire and billowing smoke. And Moses was told to come up in order to receive the message God had for his people. When that happened, the earth shook and the voice of God commanded. Not even a person, not even a, um, uh, uh, an animal can come and touch this mountain. It saved service, my Mo it saved my servant Moses. And, and they heard the voice of God and they trembled in fear and, 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 and the ground was shaken underneath them. And, 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 and many of them fell down and worshipped God, hid their faces from Him in that moment. But the writer of Hebrews tells them that the journey that you're on, even though it parallels the wilderness journey, the mountain that you've come to is not like the one there at Mount Sinai. This one is called Mount Zion, which is God's holy mountain where everyone is welcome to come and, and touch the mountain. Everyone is welcomed into God's presence. All those who have believed in the Son, Jesus Christ, and, and that, there's the kicker, all those who have believed in the Son, Jesus Christ, and accepted who He is, are going to be welcomed into this mountain. Because why? Because through the atonement of Jesus Christ, those who have accepted and believed in Him are made righteous before God, they are no longer counted as sinful, and now they, they can approach God in, in a great and glorious new kingdom to come. And, he's, and, and the writer of Hebrews is telling believers, you have come to what is um, a gathering of angels in, 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 in festal gathering, a feast, so to speak, a, a, a celebration. And, 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 and those who have made themselves uh, righteous through, through the blood of, of the Lamb, of the, of the Son, Jesus Christ, those who have come to Him are, are gathered there um, at, at Mount Zion. And, and when, when you read this passage, you're thinking, oh, that's going to be a great time um, when that glory comes in the future. Oh, that, that, that's going to be a wonderful time when, when the Lord returns. That, that, that's going to be a, a, a great and glorious time when we see the Lord again there, uh, there off in the future. Oh, I look forward to that day. But, but, but if you read this closely, what he's saying here is, is that this unshakable kingdom is a present reality. He doesn't say you will come to this kingdom. You have come to this kingdom. We have received an unshakable kingdom. We have received it. God has given us an unshakable kingdom. Now, what's the nature of this kingdom? I, I, you know, we're talking about Mount Zion and all this stuff. What he's saying here is, 
you have received this into your hearts as a sure promise of God. And, and, and we also know th throughout the book of Hebrews and, and throughout the Gospels and, and all the other teachings of, of, of the New Testament in this new covenant that, that we have received a gift from um, God through, through the Son, Jesus Christ, that comes through His sacrifice. And it's not just the gift of, of forgiveness, um, although that's important, that's needed. It's not just the gift of purification. The end goal of forgiveness and purification is so that God can dwell within us. That His Holy Spirit can come upon us and be with us and, and commune with us and, uh, and as Paul says in Romans, so that His Spirit can testify with our spirit that we are children of God. The Holy Spirit is, is our connection to God. The Holy Spirit is, 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 is not a thing. It's not a vessel. It is very God. I don't even like to use the word it when I talk about the Spirit. The Spirit is a person. The Spirit... His Spirit, He comes and dwells within our hearts and lives. God Himself comes. And, and, and that is the deposit guaranteeing that future kingdom to come. But the thing is, is that we have received it now within us. It's here. It, 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 it's within everyone who accepts the Son, Jesus Christ. You and I are members of that unshakable kingdom. You and I are in an unshakable kingdom right now. And even though it might feel like it's an island in the midst of the storm, it's still there. There's always what I call the visible and the invisible um, in, in this present age. That, that there's the visible and the invisible. The invisible part is what Jesus Christ has done in my heart and life, personally. His, his sacrifice for us, when, when I receive it in faith, brings me a transforming power within my soul. And, 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 helps it, and, and the, the atonement brings God's presence when I accept it into my life. Not every, we don't always see that. We might see the signs of it. Uh, the, the Spirit ha produces certain fruit in us, and, 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 and the way that we live, people may see it um, and reflect it in us, but it's still an invisible kingdom that we have received. The visible part of that kingdom right now in this, in this life is where we are right now. A gathering of, of, of the people that, that Jesus calls the church, the body of Christ. God's kingdom dwells invisibly in us, but the visible representation of that is, is the church, the body of Christ. We are all members of His kingdom if we've accepted Christ by faith. Already, we've already received this, this great and glorious kingdom. It's sort of like, we, we, and Paul uses this analogy too in his writings, that that that, that the church is the embassy in, in a lost and dying world, in a foreign country, and in, in a land that's not really our home. But wherever that that embassy is, that 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 small embassy, that that territory is is considered sovereign territory of that particular country. That's sort of how it works, uh, like, like an embassy in a foreign country. We, 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 we're representing another nation, a, a nation that, that's far beyond this world, that, that we're a part of, and we're representing it to this world around us. 
But the reality is, is that we have received it. We have received this unshakable kingdom within us. And what it does, and what that means for me is, is that God's unshakable kingdom acts like an anchor for my soul within me. It acts like an anchor within my soul. What God is offering us is something that is solid, that, that is sure. It's sort of like God was, was you know, saying that, that, that the kingdom is not so much a place, but, but, but a concept. The, 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 the word kingdom in, implies a reign. R-E-I-G-N, reign. The word kingdom implies dominion. The word kingdom um, d- implies ruling. And what, what, what the kingdom really is, is not so much the place where God dwells, it, it, it is the idea that God um, dwells here all in, in, within my heart, but also the fact that I follow His will and His way. His rules, His kingdom, it reigns in my heart. God reigns over me so that, so that I'm quick to obey His commands. Now, some people will say, well, are we supposed to keep the Old Testament law? I didn't think that's what uh, the New Testament was supposed to do. Uh, I can tell you this, Jesus fulfills the law within himself. And he is the law now. The law is no longer on tablets of stones, it's, it's in the person of Jesus Christ. And when we give ourselves to him and faithfully serve him and allow him to work in our hearts and he transforms us within our hearts, then what, what happens is, is that we accept his reign and rule over us. It's His reign and rule in our hearts, and we give ourselves to it. And, and, and everything that God says, everything that God does, everything that God commands us to do, first and foremost is for our benefit, but it's also for our um, sense of belonging. I talked about this before. Um, we talked about some of the language that, that's used in the Bible for God. Um, when, when, God is, is, when we look at God as Father... And, and um, you know, we are, we're accepted into his family, so to speak. We're adopted into his family through the Son, Jesus Christ. What we learn real quick is that there's some house rules to follow. <laughs> but the house rules are there to make us, help us to know that we're part of a family now. We're, we're, we got responsibilities. We, we, we have to treat each other certain ways. We have to treat each other like brothers and sisters. We have, we have to love each other. We have to serve each other. We, we, we have certain duties to, to keep the house going and to keep, um, you know, keep trying to please the Father. And, and all those things, all those things make us have a sense of belonging. And that, that, that's what this is talking about. God's reign and rule in our hearts gives us that sense of belonging to something that is greater than ourselves, something that's greater than this world, Something that, that cannot be touched in the sense that it cannot be shaken. It cannot be ruined by evil anymore. It cannot be ruined by man's sinfulness. When we accept the Son, Jesus Christ, in our hearts, that kingdom becomes a rock-solid kingdom within us, becomes an anchor in, in, in a shifting world. I think this is exactly why Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. 
you need to build your house on the rock. Because when the, the storms of life come up and, and, and the waves start rolling and slamming against the house, it's going to stand firm. If we, if we built our house on uh, the, the, this world and, and, and its wisdom and, 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 we, and we begin looking at it in materialistic ways um, and, and, and we start acting uh, in selfish ways, I only want to please myself, my flesh, it all becomes about me, me, me and what I want. Um, it, and, and I'm telling you, we're in a me generation and, and, the, and the more we go along in time, the more I see it every single day. Uh, it's, I mean, people are, are not just individuals or individualistic. They're becoming narcissistic. I have to see myself in, in my entertainment. I have to see myself uh, in social media. I have to see me, me, me everywhere. It, 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 it's awful. Jesus said, when you build your house on those kinds of things, it's like shifting sand. And when the, the waves come and, and, and the sand begins to shift, that house will have fall. And he says, the fall of it will be great. But God's kingdom is a sure thing. And, it, and if we accept the Son, Jesus Christ, first and foremost and believe in Him, and repent of our sins, and turn to Him, then we receive that unshakable kingdom within us as an anchor. But also a future promise of God's return when He will, at, at the end, set up a great and glorious kingdom. But we have both a present reality and a future hope, both existing together. We have the present reality now in us when we accept Christ as Savior. We have a future hope in Him that He is going to return and set up His kingdom. Now in the meantime, we have to allow God to work in our lives. Because it says here that our God is a consuming fire. <laughs> and that should give us a little bit of awe and dread too. Because, you know, to me, fi fire destroys. But fire can also be purifying, can it? I want the purifying fire, not the destroying fire. And what's the difference between a destroying fire and, and, and a purifying fire? Purifying fire will make, or make a better product in, in me. Destroying fire will, will uh, ruin me and send me to destruction and, and, and I'll be utterly destroyed. How can I keep from being consumed by God's fire in the sense that I'm going to be destroyed? By receiving Him in an unshakable kingdom. When we receive that unshakable kingdom, when the consuming fire comes of God, what it does is it purifies us to make a better product. But we have to be surrendered to Him and not turn away from Him and, 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 and allow Him to work in our lives. We need to give thanks for an unshakable kingdom. That, that's the reaction that the writer of Hebrews wants us to have, is to give thanks for this unshakable kingdom because it becomes an anchor for our souls in this life, but it also acts as, as something that purifies us and prepares us for God's kingdom to come. 
And so the, the, the call is for us to give ourselves over to God completely. To give ourselves over to Him. To repent of our sins. Ask Jesus to forgive us of our, of our sins. Come to Him in faith. Allow His kingdom to work within us, which He gives us as a gift through the Holy Spirit, invisibly within us. But it also has outward implications and that often through the future, the promise is that God will come and establish His kingdom in all of its fullness. We have the hope of a future kingdom. We look to that. We, we, we trust in it. We have faith in it. We hold on to it. So that when the turbulent times come all around us, we have God's kingdom to hold on to. When we begin fretting over the problems of life, all we've got to do is pray to the God whom we have given ourselves to, and He will help us in those times of need. We have something unshakable for us when, when, when worries and anxiety begin to churn in us and, 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 and we become afraid of what's going on. If we have the, the Savior and, and if we have His kingdom, all we have to do is pray and God will immediately give us a calm within our hearts and minds. Sometimes we have to keep praying. Sometimes we have to keep asking. Sometimes, sometimes we have to you know, keep looking to the Lord for, for that inner calm and peace that He provides us. But I will say this, and, and just, just as a reminder, we, we don't have that peace of God. We, we, we don't have that anchor for the soul if we've never accepted Jesus as our Savior. We don't have that if we have not received the free gift of salvation that He offers. We, we, we don't have that anchor within us until... Um, we've fully surrendered to God and allow His um, gift of His Spirit to be present in us. We don't have any of that until we do that. But because we, as believers, have received that unshakable kingdom, when, when the problems of life come up and the anxieties come up, we have a sure anchor with Him that we can tap into if we pray. We can approach God in worship is another thing too here. Um, you know, thankfulness is a more general idea, but worship. How much do we worship God? How often do, do you worship God? Do you worship Him on a weekly basis? On Sunday mornings? Well, a lot of you here would say, yes, I do come on Sunday mornings and worship Him on Sunday mornings. But you know, what worship has to do um, more with Worshiping God with my life every single day and not just a gathering of worship. What we're experiencing here is a formal gathering of worship where we worship the Lord for who He is, thank Him for what He's done. But do you really worship the Lord throughout your whole life and by, the, by the way you live? And, and do you worship Him daily in, in, in your home and in your private life? You know, the reactions that, that, that this author wants us to have um, for receiving this unshakable kingdom is, is thankfulness, number one, and then worship. Are we really worshiping God with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength? Because we've received an unshakable kingdom, we, we have a reason to give thanks. We have a reason to worship, he says. We live lives of gratefulness. 
そしてですね。